1: Learn more at marines.com.
2: What is good, everyone? Welcome to KGW's Three on Three Blazers. My name is Orlando, joined as always by Jared Cowley, Nate Hansen, and Max Barr on the ones and twos. Guys, it is so good to be back as we do this thing via Zoom. First and foremost, I appreciate everyone for rocking with us, for subscribing to the pod, for letting everyone know and helping this podcast continue to grow. Thank you so much for rocking with us. Guys, what a week it has been for Rip City. This, always a fun day for NBA fans worldwide, for the Woj Bombs, for the Shams tweets. It's just like hours upon Hours of just excitement and hoping for the best. And I feel like for most of Rip City fans, it's let's build everyone up and then let's tear them down. (laughs) I want to get to all of that in just a minute, but we got to start with big news. Breaking from the Bosnian beast himself, Yusuf Nurkic saying he is back, baby. The return of Yusuf Nurkic and he plans to play on Friday. So let's start there with Yusuf Nurkic first the wrist injury, and then the calf injury that has held him out for the past few months. Guys, your overall thoughts on just seeing Nurkic back out there and the news that he's going to be back on Friday, Jared?
1: Yeah, I can't wait. I mean, this is what we've been waiting for, is to have this team back whole and complete, uh, everyone healthy, and, and they are now. Um, so now we can actually start judging this team you know maybe not immediately it's going to take them a little time to acclimate both with nurk coming back into the lineup and cj still getting his legs underneath him, and now you've got a new player um to put into the mix as well but this is the complete roster this is a complete team and so now we can kind of see what this blazers team is and and what they can do the rest of the season and i think the outside of dame um over the past few years, no players had a, a larger impact on the Blazers than Yusuf Nurkic because of the way he impacts their defense. So there is a potential here for for this to have a huge impact on how these how these Blazers play and and, and how they fare against, you know, this tough second half schedule.
0: It, personally, I'm just happy that this may be the last podcast we have where we say if the team or when the team's fully healthy. <laughs> Seems like we've been saying I mean, we have been saying that now for close to two and a half months now. On the podcast, which has made uh, our job in evaluating this team really, really difficult over the last two and a half months. But uh, I'm also happy that we'll get to see whether I'm right or Jared's right about the defense uh, sooner rather than later, because Jared says, don't, don't, don't get too off. Don't go off the rails, Rip City. He's saying stay, stay on the ride. The defense will change once Nurk's back. And, and Jared couched it a little bit there already saying, well, it will take some time, you know, before that happens. And yes, Jared's right. It won't be better immediately. It will take some time. But we can finally begin to have this question, which is going to determine uh, ultimately how good the Blazers can be in the postseason. We can begin to see uh, if there's any change on that front or if the defense is just going to continue to be, uh, as Orlando would say, the garbage we've seen so far this season.
2: <laughs> 100%, man. I agree with both of you guys now is the time when we're finally going to get to see what this team really is all about. Because we have no idea. Week to week, we're wondering, can a team win this game? Can they win this game? Like, we have no idea. Because it's always been a work in progress. And as soon as Nurk goes through this acclimation period, when he gets his legs under him, when he has some real game experience, and he's up to being the Nurkic that we all have seen him be, then we'll be able to judge this team how what their what their true ceiling is you know we have our preseason predictions what we think it can be but now we're going to get to see it we're going to get to see them play good teams and now we get a real gauge of that because after this past week which was just a nightmare their worst home loss in franchise history against the Mavericks and then they follow that up with a loss to the Nets who didn't have their guys like this seemed like a way to bounce back after getting embarrassed at home and they didn't. And I think that's what makes it adds to what this day is all about for a lot of NBA fans, but in particular trailblazers fans, after you come off of a couple of losses like that, you're 25 and 18, you're hoping for the best expectations are so high for this team that have been put on by the players themselves. And you've seen glimmers of hope with this team. So you're like, we need one more piece. We need another piece. We need some way to compete in this arms race and seeing a lot of the other teams getting better around them. So that's what makes today super interesting being the, the the trade deadline and all, and you guys know how we roll. There's three questions. So there's three answers because there's three of us. So let's dive right in guys to question. Number one that you guys have put together, the blazers made a trade today before the deadline, but it, Wasn't the one that maybe a lot of fans were hoping for Aaron Gordon, who was long coveted by Neil Olshay, Damian Lillard, and a good portion of Blazers fans instead went to the rival Denver Nuggets, but Portland did make a trade, sending Gary Trent Jr. And Rodney hood to the Toronto Raptors for Norman Powell. Let's talk trade deadline. What do you guys think of the Blazers moves today? Who wants to go first? Well let's get
0: let's let Jared go first cuz we've we've been texting all day just so the audience knows the, the four of us max included on a text thread and and Jared's going to bring the positivity certainly to this part of the discussion. So Jared, uh take it away, make everyone feel good about what's happened today.
1: Well, I'll be honest It. I mean I was super disappointed that the Blazers did not trade for Aaron Gordon and I think that my disappointment was heightened by the fact that he went to the Blazers rival, the Denver Nuggets, you know, and I think that he's a really good pickup for the Nuggets. I think that he's going to fill that Jeremy Grant role that they've been missing all season. And the Nuggets got a lot better, I think, adding Aaron Gordon, you know, it, it was frustrating because it kind of felt like maybe this is the last chance the Blazers had to acquire Aaron Gordon. I think that he's probably going to stick around in Denver for a while. So the Blazers have wanted him for, for a few years, There was always so many people saying, well, maybe the Blazers should trade CJ for Aaron Gordon. And I was never really on board with that. But then when it looked like he was available for, for a more reasonable trade package, the fit with the Blazers just made so much sense. And so seeing that go not Portland's way and instead Denver's way was, you know, a tough, a tough one for me. Uh, I think that this trade is a good trade. I, I, I don't, I think that the, the, the question we're going to have here is how much this inflates the Blazers' ceiling. How much does this actually change anything that we're looking at for this team, both this season and going forward? And it might be true, and I'm probably not going to disagree, that it doesn't have a huge impact on, on the team's ceiling. But I do think that it's an upgrade. I do think that Norman Powell is better than Gary Trent Jr. I think that he brings positional versatility that Gary Trent Jr. did not. And I think that that was a problem. And we knew that with Gary Trent Jr. that, you know, there was always going to be, as long as Dame and CJ are here, it was going to be tough to to find the minutes, to find the role that Gary Trent Jr. needed to really thrive in Portland. And so I think that it was always looking like he was on his way out, you know, that he, either he was going to be traded at the deadline, or maybe the Blazers wouldn't bring him back after this season. And so I think that turning him into a better player norman powell i think is a better player on offense and defense and a better fit for this blazers roster than gary Trent jr was i think it's i think it's a positive move i mean i think that the the point of the trade deadline that we talked about last week is that the blazers need to get better and yes i would have preferred that they made they went all in and made a really big impactful trade and i think that aaron gordon had the potential to be that but i do think that the blazers are better today than they were before the deadline i think that um Norman Powell brings a lot of interesting things and I think we can talk about it more, but that's my general assessment of the trade deadline and the trade that the Blazers made.
0: Man, Jared, I expected you to actually be I got a different vibe from you on the text, man. You seem pretty happy. Oh, there's what, still what's time. going on. There's still there's time, still there's time. Still
1: and I am happy. I just think that my reaction in the text was basically like I was getting the impression from especially from Nate and maybe from you know from all three of you that you just weren't re- that impressed by this trade and, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry, not interested in, in what Norman Powell can bring to the Blazers. And so well, it
0: was a bit of a reaction to that. Well, it wasn't just us who felt that way. 24 hours ago, uh, Max <laughs> sent a message to all of us yesterday. And this was the message. He says, Woj says Portland has the assets to acquire Ola Depot or Norm Powell as quote rentals. Sound good to anyone? Jared, this is your quote response from 24 hours ago. Oh, man. Don't really want either of those, and especially not in exchange for any of Portland's assets. So what's changed over 24 hours, Jared? What's changed?
1: Honestly, it's doing a little bit more research into Norman Powell. Like, when I thought about Norman Powell, I always thought that he was more of a a shooting guard, small forward hybrid. I thought he was bigger than, than he is, you know, taller than he is. And so when when Woj made that announcement on TV yesterday and talked about Norman Powell, I went up and looked up Norman Powell a little bit more and saw that he was 6'3". And so my initial thought was, yeah, they don't just need another small guard. That doesn't make sense at all. But today, when it became reality and they did trade for Norman Powell, I did some more research and... In learning more about Norman Powell, I see the fit so much better with the Blazers than I did yesterday, just my my gut reaction. I think that he's a great fit for this team and we can talk about it more, but that's why it's changed. I mean, the big thing for me, I didn't know that Norman Powell had a six foot 11 wingspan.
3: Oh,
0: here we go again. This is an oldie. This is an oldie for the long time listeners here. Jared and his wingspan.
1: How much I love. Wingspan, because you know what, height doesn't really matter. Not in basketball. It's, I mean, wingspan matters so much more, especially in in who you can defend. And if you look at his wingspan, yes, he's six foot three, six foot four, depending on which site you look at. But that six eleven wingspan, compare that to other small forwards. How about the Blazers' current starting small forward, Derek Jones Jr.? His wingspan is set. Wingspan is seven foot. You know, uh, LeBron James seven foot. Jason Tatum is six eleven. Same as Norman Powell. Chris Middleton is 6'11. You've got guys like Kawhi Leonard who have like a seven foot three wingspan, but they're the exception. Most good small forwards, players who can, you know, start at small forward and play a lot of minutes at small forward have a wingspan around 6'11, 7 foot. And that's what you have with Norman Powell. So learning that and also learning that he's played more minutes and more of his time at small forward this season for the Raptors and been more impact, impactful at small forward than he has at shooting guard, it gave me insight into that the Blazers could play him with Dame and CJ, whereas I never really felt that was a a great option with Gary Trent Jr. And so, learn you know, finding that out, that maybe this guy could be even a starter at small forward for the Blazers, and maybe even a long-term answer at that position, that's what made me think differently about it.
0: I'll start with just looking at the trade in it of itself. This one move in a vacuum versus everything else that went on for the Blazers around it in a vacuum. This trade is fine for the Blazers. It's probably a slight, slight upgrade. I can hear the Neil Shea presser if he's even going to do one because it's COVID time still, but I can hear him in the presser laying out his points. We, we acquired one of the best shooters in the NBA to go alongside Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum. Okay, yeah, he is a really good shooter. And this year, he's been the best he's ever been before. But it's not like he was p- replacing someone who was a bad shooter in Gary Trent Jr. Gary Trent Jr., also a very good shooter, and has been in his career, at least over the last season and a half, where Norman Powell was for his career prior to this season, where he's just skyrocketed in terms of his three-point shooting percentages. Norman Powell, this is part of what you said, Jared, provides more versatility. We're comfortable playing them at the three, playing them more minutes and moving, going with a Dame, CJ, Norman Powell lineup. Well, you may be more comfortable doing it, but Gary Trent Jr. in those three-man lineups in the little sample sizes we had was pretty good in those three-man lineups. When it was Rocco, Mello, Gary Trent Jr., and Dame, you tweeted this out, Jared, the other day. 16 minutes together, a plus 70 net rating. When it was Cantor, Melo, Gary Trent Jr., CJ and Dame, just 14 minutes, but a plus 30 net rating. So just because you're more comfortable maybe doing it with Norman Powell doesn't necessarily mean it was an upgrade just because you weren't comfortable doing it with Gary Trent Jr. When When you did do it with Gary Trent Jr., it was an effective lineup. And so just because you were uncomfortable doing it doesn't mean it was a bad thing to do. He's now I can hear this from Neil Olshay. He's shown he can be a capable defender in his career while true on its face. This year, Norman Powell is easily having the worst defensive season of his career. And Jared, you talked about he's how he's playing more minutes at small forward this year than he ever has before. And I can't help wonder if that's why he hasn't been as good defensively. It's because he's playing against bigger players in the small forward position. In defensive real plus minus, he ranks 97th out of 100 small forwards this year on the defensive side of the ball. He ranks 474 out of 491 players in all of the NBA that qualify in defensive real plus minus this year. Gary Trent, while not great, has been better by that analytic standard than Norman Powell has been this year. So has Norman Powell proven he can be a good defender in the past? Yes. Has he this year? Certainly not. I can hear the championship pedigree argument from Neil O'Shea. Guy's champion. He's been through it before. Well, that's great. That just shows me he doesn't falter under the playoff pressure. And he doesn't. His numbers are pretty similar in the postseason than they've been in his regular season. So to me, yeah, okay, it's a minor upgrade. But it. So in a vacuum, I'll just stop there because I was about to go big picture. In a vacuum, it's a very, in my opinion, a minor upgrade. Um, but in the larger picture, that's not what the Blazers needed to do today.
2: Before we, we go big picture, Jared, I want to ask you why he is a good fit for the Blazers. If you can go in a little deeper on that.
1: Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I, I don't think that the evidence is out there that he's a good defender. I think the evidence is out there that he has the potential to be a good defender, that he has had moments where he's played good defense um, if you look at The Athletic, their analysis of the trade, they wrote that Powell is a, quote, solid defensive player, especially in a defense, in a good system like we saw in Toronto. Um, I was reading some analysis about him from last season. It said that he slotted himself as a valuable piece on Nick Nurse's defensive system. In a system built around team defense, smart rotations, and quickness, Powell has played this role perfectly thanks to his freakish 6'11 wingspan, and quick twitch reflexes. According to Basketball Index, he garners 2.9 deflections per 75 possessions, which is in the 80th percentile, and 2.1 steals per 75 possessions, which is in the 80th percentile. When Powell is tasked with locking down the opposing offensive player, he holds opponents to a defensive field goal percentage of 37.8%, among the NBA's best in this category. So I don't have access to Basketball Index's data. You have to pay for it. But this season, if you just look at his deflections, he's averaging 2.3 per game. Covington averages 3.6. That's one of the top marks in the league. But Powell's deflections are higher than any other Blazers player other than Covington. His defensive field goal percentage this season is 45.2%, and that would rank third on the Blazers. So even though like his defensive real plus minus, which, listen, I like that stat, and it's probably he probably hasn't been a great defensive player this year, and the Raptors have certainly struggled defensively this year. I think that there is evidence that he can be an impactful defender. Um, If you look at what he's done at small forward this season, Nate made the argument that maybe the reason his defensive metrics aren't good this year, at least according to defensive real plus minus, is because he's playing more minutes at small forward. He's kind of split his minutes between shooting guard and small forward throughout his career. Last season was one of his best seasons, and he played primarily at shooting guard. But mostly he's kind of split his time between those two positions for the Raptors. Um, and for the most part, he's been better at small forward than he has, according to cleaning the glasses stats, than he has at shooting guard. This season, the when he's playing uh, small forward, the Raptors' defensive rating is 112.6. It's not great, but the Raptors aren't a good defensive team this year. When he's at shooting guard, their defensive rating is 115.7. So there's a swing there of about, you know, and the, the Raptors' defense is better with him at small forward than it is overall. So I think that he's shown – that he can be a good defender i don't because the metrics are kind of all over the place i don't think i can say that he is a good defender just that the jury's kind of out i think that he has you know he has the wingspan he has the athleticism he has you know the ability to be an impactful defender either at shooting guard or at small forward and so i think that he does fit the blazers defensively i think that if the blazers can put together you know, a good defensive system built around Yusuf Nurkic, which we've seen in the past, I think that he could be an important cog in that defense. But really, defense is, yes, it's important, and the Blazers need to get better defensively, and we know that. But the way they're going to get better defensively is through Yusuf Nurkic returning and being prime Nurkic. And then everything else kind of fits in around him. But the reason the Blazers traded for Norman Powell is because of how good he is on offense. And he's not just a shooter. I think you can make the argument that Gary Trent Jr. more than anything, anything else is just a shooter. He's not particularly good at creating his own shot. He doesn't finish well at the rim. You know, I think that he's mostly at this point in his career, just a shooter. Norman Powell is much more than that. Um, If you look at what he's done this season. So last year he had he's kind of had two breakout seasons in a row. Last season, he averaged 16 points, and he shot 50% from the field and 40% from three. This season, he's even better. He's up to 19.6 points, and those percentages are the same. You know, a little bit better, 50% from the field again and 44% from three. And all this came after a slow start. Norman Powell got off to a really bad start this season. For the first 14 games, he was shooting less than 40% from the field and averaging just 11.7 points per game. But since January 22nd, he's taken off. In the past 28 games, he's averaging 23.5 points, 3.5 rebounds, 2.4 assists, 1.2 steals, and he's shooting 53% from the field and 45% from three. Since February 18th, he's been even better. 16 games, 25 points, 3.2 rebounds, 2.4 assists, 1.2 steals, and 54, 54% from the field and 45% from three. He's a very dynamic shooter and scorer. He can shoot the ball from the outside. We've established that, but he can also create his own shot. He can get to the rim, and he's a good finisher at the rim. The past three seasons, he's shot 60%, 67%, and 63% at the rim. The only players on the Blazers who shoot that well at the rim are Derek Jones Jr., who doesn't shoot that much, and Ennis Canter. And if you look at what he's good at, it fits the Blazers' offense perfectly. As a pick-and-roll ball handler, he's in the 92nd percentile in isolation he's in the 98th percentile as a spot up shooter he's in the 86th percentile on cuts he's in the 84th percentile everything he does fits the blazers offense perfectly and then he has a positional def, you know versatility to play small forward next to damon cj so i think that there's a really high ceiling for what he can be with this team and i think he has shown i mean he's gotten better every season he's right approaching his prime now he's 27 years old I mean, I think that this could be a really good pickup, but the jury's out. I mean, I think he's going to be a plus on offense. We'll see what he is on defense. We'll see how well he does, you know, fit in at small forward with this team. But I think that there's a ton of potential there for him to be a really good piece for the Blazers.
2: Uh, Jared, that's super intriguing. And you had texted us even before this and saying, you know, maybe they found their they're starting small forward. Do you think that he could be the potential starting small forward or even more important closing small forward, the guy that's on the, on the court with the Blazers at the end of the game.
1: Yeah. I don't know if he'll start. Um, he might, I mean, I, I could see that happening, but I definitely think he will be in the closing lineup. I think it, you know, the Blazers have tried three guard lineups for years. I mean, they did it with Shabazz. They did it with, you know, they've done it with Gary Trent jr. I mean, you've seen this. And most of the time they've been fairly effective. I think that this, three-guard lineup has a chance to be the most effective of any of them. Because I think Norman Powell, they haven't had an offensive player like this for a while. You know, he's really, really good on offense. And I think that he can defend both the two and the three. You know, I don't, you couldn't say that about, you know, when you had three-guard lineups before, you know, with Shabazz, you were having to have like CJ guard small forwards. You know, same thing with Gary Trent Jr. at at times, you know.
0: Again, I'm just going to jump yes. in. How how do we know that they couldn't defend with Gary Trent Jr. at the three? They never gave it a shot. Yeah,
1: usually. they didn't give it enough and, of a
0: shot. And in the limited time that they did, it was proven to be an effective lineup for them. It
1: was. So I think what you're looking at is if you take that small ball lineup, the one that you've talked about, the one that we've we've, I mean, it's a very small sample size, but super super effective, you know, and efficient in that time that they played of. Dame, CJ, Gary Trent Jr., Carmelo Anthony, and Robert Covington, I think if you slide Norman Powell into that lineup rather than Gary Trent Jr., I think it can be even better. You know, not. I don't think they're going to keep up the numbers that we see in the small sample size, but it can be even better than the potential that that small ball lineup had. And so now you look at this, you've got a potential starting five, you know, with Yusuf Nurkic manning the middle. That's going to be a very good offensive team because whenever Dame's on the court, the offense is going to be humming. And then you have the, the versatility to go with a really good small ball lineup out there. And that's going to be really impactful in the playoffs. You need a good small ball lineup in the playoffs because you need to have the ability to match up. And I think Norman Powell, I mean, the, the thing for me is just, he's better than Gary Trent Jr. He's yes. better on offense. And I think that he's at least more versatile on defense and we've talked about this all season long. Gary Trent Jr. has a reputation of being a good defender, but he has not been a good defender this season. And I think Norman Powell, you can look at the metrics and, and say, yeah, the same has been true for him. But I think that he's shown the ability to be a good defender, even at the three. And I think that just being able to line him up next to Damon CJ, it's really interesting. It's really, I, I'm really interested to see how it plays out. And so maybe we've talked about, is this just a rental? you know, and we'll get into that maybe, but at least we have the opportunity now to see what Norman Powell can do next to Damon CJ in the second half of the season in the playoffs to see if this is a fit to see if the Blazers have found their starting small forward of the future. Listen, he's six, three, and that's really small. And you think, okay, that's just a small shooting guard, but with that wingspan, with his athleticism, I mean, think back to Charles Barkley at power forward super undersized. I mean, there were people that said Charles Barkley was six, four, but because of his athleticism, because of his ability to play bigger than he is, he was one of the most dominant power forwards that's ever played. Now I'm not comparing Norman Powell to Charles Barkley, but I'm saying you can be a smaller player with the right athleticism, the wingspan and all that, and still be able to play bigger than you are just by your height.
2: I want to get Nate in here, man. Big picture. Big picture, which, go, did you have a
0: follow-up to that, or was that just to set the floor here? Okay, <laughs> okay that's what I thought. Uh, the big picture is the Blazers have few opportunities to really make a potentially significant upgrade to this roster because of where they are in the cap and because of the type of players that are available. So often, when players become available, they're guards. Well, that doesn't do the Blazers any good. They're set. They got arguably the best backcourt in the NBA. But they they needed a wing player, a three or a four. Um, Jared talked about how Norman Powell can maybe play the three, maybe especially in closing time for the Blazers, which is the most important time to have your best lineup out there. But they needed a guy who really, that when you threw your best five out there, could legitimately match up with any best five in the NBA. You know, you're not going to have a starting lineup that's KD, James Harden, Kyrie. Okay, that's fine. But you need a starting lineup that that if, say, they made a move for Aaron Gordon, which was the other name that was long dangled and the Blazers were connected to during this trade deadline process. If you have a starting five of Yusuf Nurkic, Aaron Gordon, Robert Covington or closing five, because that's, as we said, more important, Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum. That's a closing five that, in my opinion, could compete with any closing five in any situation in the NBA. You have a lot of different ways you can match up against players on other teams with that lineup, with that five. And that's this team has talked about publicly. Their goal is to win a championship and bring it to Portland. Well, if you're going to do that, you have to go all in at some point. And this is where Neil Olshay comes in. He may be the Paul George of general managers. Like, he's good for most of the season. He makes good moves. But when you really need him, when it counts, he just hasn't been able to deliver the Blazers that piece that they needed. And I don't know if Aaron Gordon was that piece. I think Aaron Gordon was a better option to be that piece than what the Blazers ended up with Norman Powell. I certainly don't think Norman Powell is that option. And the Denver Nuggets are in the same situation. They're in the same boat as the Blazers. They were at least a really good starter away from you legitimately thinking, you know, maybe they could sneak their way into and win the West, you know, especially with the Lakers. Now we're seeing LeBron's out probably to may. We don't know when AD's coming back. You know, the West could be wide open this playoff season. And the Nuggets saw that opportunity to go and upgrade the roster, to upgrade their best five players, and they went and they did it. And Neil O'Shea and the Blazers did not. And that's the bigger picture problem here, is that the Blazers, did they get better? Are they a better team now than they were six hours ago? Probably, slightly. But they, I think they're on the same playing field as the Nuggets in terms of if you polled who teams thought were better. Now I think the Nuggets jump ahead of the Blazers. So it's not that the Blazers got better today. It's that another team in the West, I think everyone would say, jumped the Blazers and jumped ahead of them and is better than Portland. So you're losing a spot in your own conference that you're trying to win that you weren't even that high up on the ladder to begin with in terms of seriously competing and winning. And so that's the problem with today for the Blazers. And that's why it's hard to be excited or happy about what happened today and bringing on Norman Powell because Norman Powell, like, okay, the Blazers closing five could be Nurkic, Covington, Powell, Dame, CJ, or Mello, Covington, you know, a combination of those six players. That to me, that's not a closing five that's going to do what needs to be done in order to compete in this really tough Western conference. And that's where today falls short for the Blazers and falls short for Neil Olshak.
2: That part of it feels like the punch in the gut, the the annual punch to the gut that happens every year for trailblazers fans who are waiting to get close to that championship. That's where all of this comes in that Nate is touching on that. I think you, it, it said perfectly because the players have put this expectation out there. The team has put this expectation. They haven't shied away from it. They'd owned it, that they believe that they can win a championship. And when you see other teams around you get better, like you took an l today. you got beat by that team. this This feels like you lost a playoff series. like yeah. that that's how it feels right now when it comes to that because Just my the optics. Me looking at at what happened today feels like Norman Powell was option B. That was plan B. We're going to go in and try and get Gordon. And if this doesn't work out, because you saw how fast the news broke on the Blazers getting Powell after Gordon was a done deal. We had action. So I'm not going to say that Shea didn't go out and try and get him because I want to believe that he did. And he put together an offer that was probably competitive. But when you see what Denver gave up, you had to know that the Blazers could have offered that or something close to that. And I know it depends on what the other team wants, what they find value in. So maybe they didn't believe that Gary Trent Jr. or whoever the Blazers were offering was better. But to be that close, or at least on the outside, think, yeah, Portland could put together a really good deal to get Gordon if you believe Gordon is your guy. And to Nate's point, at some point, Portland has to go all in on someone because the clock is ticking. Damian Lillard's prime window is just ticking like we are in it right now. Like if you're Damian Lillard today, how do you feel? how can dame feel about about this right now like yeah okay cool we got better like i feel good about that we added another piece um we're we're getting better right like that's great but then you look at the team you're competing with i'm not even talking about the lakers and the clippers i'm talking about the nuggets like there's now another step involved to getting to that ultimate goal and so that's where the gut punch comes in for this and for me personally like Gary Trent Jr. is my guy. Like you guys know, I, I've been a big fan of Gary Trent Jr. And I, I also knew like this day was coming. Like there's, there's so many things at play with, with this deal. Like on one side, there's the, okay, Portland probably isn't going to be able to afford him. They're not going to be able to pay him what he wants. And on the other hand, there's the career. I want to get better. I want to be a starter. That aspect that has to be part of it with Gary Trent jr. Like this is a two-way street with getting with moving on from Gary Trent jr. Like he, he, I would have to assume believes he is a starter that he can play big minutes. We've already seen him play, you know, 30 minutes a game. Like Mm -hmm. he's on his career trajectory. And unfortunately the way that the Blazers roster is built right now, you have Damon CJ. And I think that makes it difficult for Gary Trent jr. To continue on that path. So on both sides, like it, it's, a, it's a bummer for Blazers fans that really liked uh, Gary Trent Jr., that really liked Rodney Hood, like just super good guys that, you're, that it's very difficult to root against that you like. So there's a lot of emotion that, that gets involved with a day like this. But when you look back on the trade that went down, you're like, yes, the Blazers got better. But unfortunately, it's not good enough. It's not good enough for this team to compete for a championship. Now, Yusuf Nurkic could come out of the gate, and we could have Nurk fever all over again. And Nurk is, at, at, is playing the best of his career. And all of a sudden, the Blazers are right there. We're talking about them. If one thing goes right, one thing goes their way, they're right back in the conference finals. Maybe that happens. But still, to see the Nuggets get the guy that a lot of people wanted that fit so well, to your guys' point, it's just kind of a punch in the gut today w- with that. But, you know, I will say they, they got incrementally better, a little bit better. Jared, what do you think?
1: I mean, I'll admit, like, I wanted Gordon. That's who I wanted the Blazers to, to go and get. And I think that they had the, the opportunity to. And I think that Neil O'Shea probably, I mean, if he offered Hood and Gary Trent Jr. for Norman Powell, then I'm sure he did for Aaron Gordon, too. You know, and it probably would have taken that plus a first-round pick. Maybe he would have had to slide Derek Jones Jr. in in place of Hood. I don't know if he was willing to do that. You know, the the, the pick situation, the, the draft pick situation for the Blazers, because of the protections on the first-round pick that's owed in the Covington trade to Houston this season, is really tough. They couldn't have traded, a, you know, a first-round pick until 2028. So they would have had to maneuver their way around that in some way or go acquire a first-round pick. It was always going to be hard for them to match that, that trade. I think OlShea did try. But, yes, I wanted Gordon more than Powell, that's for sure. But at the same time, we talked about this last week. Even if the Blazers had you know, traded for, for Aaron Gordon, none of us thought that that was going to raise their ceiling to championship level. We mm-hmm. all said that last yep. week. We all said that maybe they'd get that and he would be the piece that fits and we'd find that out. Maybe they get to the conference finals this season and then we can look at them next season as, okay, now this is a championship contender. That was what we said. And I don't think that that has changed by adding Norman Powell. If you look at the starting lineup, including Yusuf Nurkic, who didn't play a lot, but just that, there's one player in the starting lineup who has a negative net rating according to Cleaning the Glass, and it's Derek Jones Jr., because he's a negative 6.3 on offense. And so you can, you can have the conversation about where the Blazers needed to upgrade more, small forward or power forward. Robert Covington's better at power forward than he is at small forward. If Aaron Gordon came here, you would have had to slide Covington to the three probably because Gordon's not good at the three and he's proven that in Orlando. And so if Norman Powell can be a legitimate answer, a small forward, then maybe they upgraded the position where they really needed to upgrade. Maybe this, maybe they do make a playoff run with Norman Powell. And maybe then we do see him as a small forward of the future for the Blazers. They re-sign him this off and we look at them and be like, okay, they can be a championship contender next season. I don't
0: think the calculus changes that much on that. I wanted Gordon more. Really? really you don't think the calculus changes? So, so let's flip it here. Let's say the Blazers did trade for Aaron Gordon. The Nuggets, they don't get Powell, but they don't get Aaron Gordon. I don't know what they do as their backup plan. But say the Blazers do have Gordon on this roster. The Nuggets do not. Rank one through six in the West when fully healthy.
1: Now I'd have to look at the – all right, one through six in the West. And you're saying – see, I don't think that's – I think you have to then say that the Nuggets made a, a move that's equal to what the Blazers did today. No,
0: no, because the Nuggets elevated themselves with this move. Like, they jumped teams in the West because of the move. They jumped the Blazers because of this move. The Blazers didn't jump anyone because of this move, in my opinion.
1: All right. I agree. I think that the Nuggets are probably better than the Blazers right now. But I'm also willing to see what Powell brings to the equation. I mean – Let's say that, that Nuggets and Blazers end up as a 4-5 matchup, which is a very real possibility. Yeah, you're probably going to favor the Nuggets, but not that much. And if Powell is able to play small forward, I mean, this could work out. I mean, seriously, mm-hmm. look at these stats that I, that I mentioned earlier. You know, in the past 30 games, 24 points, 4 rebounds, 2.5 assists. More he's than like, a steal per game. He's
0: not going to get the same usage in He's not going to get the same usage in Okay, so yeah.
1: drop those points down to 18. Yeah. You know, with these, ins- you know, these just outstanding percentages, with the ability to like, to not just be a spot-up shooter, but to really be able to create offense. I mean, that's, we've talked about that. That's one thing the Blazers need when when play in the playoffs, when they're doubling Dame and getting the ball out of his hands, they need someone else who can get downhill and make a play. And now they have another player who can do that. And yeah, that was one of the reasons I thought Gordon would have been a great fit because I thought in that, I thought that he could create for other players when Dame gets doubled. I thought that Dame in the pick and roll utilizing Gordon as a roll man could have been a really good fit because I think Gordon could have played like a, poor man's version of Draymond green for the blazers. But I also think that Norman Powell, he's not the same player, but I think he brings a lot of really interesting things. I mean, he's a dynamic offensive player. He's outstanding. And if he can play small forward and guard small forwards and not get killed, you know, you have lineup versus, you know, Terry Stotts has a lot of different lineups he can go with. If he needs to put five shooters out on the floor he can do that. If he needs to put in defense, if you're if you've got a match up with, with you know, Kawhi and, and Paul George, he has the the length and the forwards to do that now. He has a lot of options at his disposal. So I think looking at this, if they had made the trade for Aaron Gordon, I would have said, yes, that's better. And it's a bummer that the Nuggets got him. But I also don't think that the Nuggets were going to just stand pat if they didn't get Aaron Gordon. I think they would have made a trade, a, a move too. You know, if they were aggressive enough to go get Gordon, if let's say the Celtics had got Gordon or the Blazers, I don't think the Nuggets were just going to sit on their hands and not do anything. I think they would have gone and made a deal. Maybe they would have gotten Powell,
0: you know, and. But I'm just going to, for me personally, (laughs) if the Blazers, I see currently right now, if every team in the West is healthy, I think the Blazers are the sixth best team in the West. I think they're right where they are in the standings currently. I think both the Lakers and Clippers are better. I think the Jazz are better. I think the Suns are better. And I think the Nuggets are better. And the Blazers are 1-6 this year against those five teams. Granted, obviously, some of those matchups have been when the Blazers haven't been at full strength. But I think the matchups show the Blazers are the sixth-best team in the West right now. If they had acquired Aaron Gordon, I could be wrong in my opinion. But I think they would have been the fourth-best team in the West. I think the Lakers, Clippers, and maybe the Jazz would have been better, but I think the Blazers would have jumped Denver, and I think they would have jumped Phoenix by bringing a guy like Gordon, because you talk about offense, and that's Norman Powell's strength. Offense is not the Blazers' problem here. It's defense, and Aaron Gordon, while a capable offensive player, is a really good defense, a plus defender in the NBA. And if the Blazers are going to be a championship team, we talked about this last week, all those other teams rank in the top half of the league in both offense and defensive rating. If the Blazers are going to do that, Jared, you, this at least you're consistent with your reasoning because you think with Nurkic, the Blazers could become a top half defense. For me, I don't. And I don't think Norman Powell really helps them become a top half of the league defense. I think a guy like Aaron Gordon would have. And that's a big reason why I think a move like that for Portland would have been huge in this situation. You know, not every trade deadline is equal. You know, there are times just to tinker with the roster and that's what Neil Olshey does best. And I think that's what he did here again today. So I wouldn't be surprised if Norman Powell comes in and is effective for the Blazers. But as Orlando said, there are times when you have how many, we've been doing this podcast for four years. How many times have we said, the Blazers, they got to take their shot at someone. Yep. They got to do it at some point. They're a player away. And here we are, almost our fourth season. We're three and a half years into this thing, and it still hasn't happened. Robert Covington was a nice addition, but no one thought when that trade was made, that was the jump all in. We thought, nice move. Mm-hmm. Now, where's the ne- when's the next one going to come? And we've been saying it for three and a half years for Neil Shea, and it hasn't happened yet. And guess what? If the Blazers get bounced in the first round this year because this roster isn't good enough, Terry Stotts is probably going to be gone. Guess yeah. who probably won't be gone? Neil Shea. And if we agree it's a roster problem, then it's, on, it's Neil Shea's fault that it's a roster problem. It's also Neil Olshay's fault if they didn't have the assets today to go get Aaron Gordon, but the Nuggets, who are as good as the Blazers, did have the assets to go get him. That's also a Neil Olshay problem. So we can praise him, and we have praised him a bunch this year for some of the moves he made. The Ennis Canner trade, uh, signing the Derrick Jones Jr. move, I think has been about as good as you could have hoped. Robert Covington over the last month and a half, two months has been everything you would have hoped for in that trade. We've praised him for all these moves, but there's another shoe to this. There's another side to this. And like I said, to me, it's like an NBA player who's good in the regular season, but when it really counts, when you really need them in that big moment, just comes up short for you. And Neil O'Shea, as Orlando said, in my opinion, has to make a move for the Blazers to get as high as they can in that Western Conference talent-wise. And this was an opportunity, I think, to do it, and, and he didn't take advantage of it. And like I said, if it's because they didn't have the assets, that's also his fault.
2: Yeah, I I, I agree 100%. And, yeah, the disclaimer totally is, like, we've given Shea a ton of props.
0: Yes, like, and he deserves every, all the him. credit we've given him.
2: We've praised him this year more than we have in all the other seasons combined, I feel like, of doing this podcast. But at some point, this has got to happen. Like, Damian Lillard has to be on Olshea's door on his phone like dude like the clock is ticking it is Dame time it needs to happen like and you can make the the argument like if you don't believe that Gordon was the guy and I, I can be okay with that if you're like you know what I just don't think he's the one that gets you over if that's if that's your argument with all of this but Olshay has been a master at making these small moves that add up to a nice thing. But at some point you have to gamble. He's got to be able to put it all on the table. And and I would think that Olshay's timeline, his career timeline is on the same as the guys that he's, that he's running with, with Dame and CJ. Like it's got to happen. If, 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 if this isn't his guy, it's got to happen soon. And We've talked about the struggles that Portland has had in free agency. Players don't want to come here. They, this is not a destination for free agents. So if you think the Blazers are going to pull a free agent, like oof, like history tells us that's probably not going to happen. Your other option is going through the draft. Jared mentioned the draft pick situation. You really got to be able to hit. And Olshea has done a good job of finding these nice pieces in the later part of the draft, but are they going to make you a contender? Absolutely not. It is not going to happen. So your major opportunity to make yourself a legitimate contender is through the trade market. That's why today becomes this big deal and why it hurts when you look at the big picture of is is this team a championship team? At this point, no. This team is not a championship team. Did they get a little bit better? Yes. Is that good enough? some point fans have to be upset about that so norman powell and i do like norman powell as a player just looking into what he brings to the table you mentioned him being a, a playmaker which is something that is going to be huge for the blazers is going to be huge for damon cj when they're running blitzes that dame in particular and we need a killer a sniper that is out there that's going to be able to knock down shots and clutch situations like this makes total sense but to nate's point on the other side we need some defenders. Like we need to get some stops. Like they've played really well offensively. The the trailblazers have despite everything that's gone on, but defensively just sitting there at the bottom of the rankings has just been painful. So Max, I want to get you in on this and get your overall thoughts on what went down today. Big picture. You can kind of take this wherever you want, man, but I want to get just because you're, you're pretty locked in on the league in general, big picture with, other players around the league. So just your thoughts on what the Blazers did today, Max.
3: Well, this is what just popped into my mind. A question for you guys. What's the biggest factor in your judgment on whether this trade is successful or not? Is it the Blazers winning a round in the playoffs? Is the Blazers, you know, beating the team in the play-in game? Is it whether Norman Powell stays? It, what do it, you guys think? But I think Warren Powell's just walking into an unfair situation. Yeah.
0: I, I would agree with that. Warren Powell's walking into a really difficult situation to me. If you're having realistic expectations as a Blazers fan, if they win a playoff series this year, especially their first round opponent is going to be tough. No matter who it is, it's going to be a really tough matchup. It could be the Lakers. Win, it could be the Lakers. It could be any of the teams we mentioned in the top six. Uh, if they beat any of those teams in a playoff series, you should actually be pretty satisfied. Even though this team has told you their expectations are higher, you should be satisfied and therefore be happy with the move because Norman Powell presumably played a role into helping them get into the second round of the playoffs. As for, that's the other thing that we really didn't touch on that Max asked the part of his question is if Norman Powell stays. And that's another bigger question about this move for the Blazers is, is he going to be a rental or is he going to be someone they keep around? Because if he's just a rental, then you might as well just let Gary Trent Jr. walk out the door in the summer and really not gotten anything for him, if that's the case. Like maybe if Norman Powell's a rental, he's a slight upgrade for two months. But the long-term picture is you pretty much just let Gary Trent Jr. walk out the door. So in order for me, in order for this move to really be as successful as Jared thinks it could potentially be, they have to win a playoff series this year and he has to resign. Because the Blazers, it's not like they're getting that money elsewhere. Like, he's here. They have his bird rights. They can pay him money that they can't pay other free agent players. He has to stay around.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. I think that, you know, if the Blazers win a playoff series this year, I think it'll be a successful season. I think that you want to see them, you know, reach the Western Conference Finals. But... I think that considering how tough the West is, if they at least win a series, then I think that that you can consider this a success. And I agree with Nate. I think that if Norman Powell works out and is a good player for the Blazers, then I think that they should re-sign him. And if they don't, then yeah, I mean I, I guess that then you're looking at sunk cost, you know, would they have re signed Gary Trent Jr.? You know, and I don't know if they would have. But, yeah, I think that but both of those things are
0: true. I agree with Nate. And Gary Trent Jr., I think, would have been cheaper if they were to go down that venue and they weren't sure. Gary Trent Jr. would have been a cheaper offseason option to pay than Norman Powell is going to be.
2: Yeah, that, that, that also tells you, though, that it, it's a two-way street. Like, whatever yeah. conversations that the Blazers and Gary Trent Jr. may or may not have been having, like, I got, you got to believe they knew that this time was coming, and they had to get something for him. Like that's just me looking at the situation the way it is, but there is such a fine line here in success versus failure this season.
3: And it sounds like to you guys, that line is the first round.
2: Yeah. Like if, if they get swept or it's a gentleman sweep, wholesale changes, like big changes are coming this off season. That's my personal opinion. Not any, anything worthy of reporting, but just how I feel about the current situation and I wonder if winning one series buys Terry a little more time you know because I do agree with you guys I think that's the realistic way to look at this if you're going down the the Western Conference standings and you're looking at the teams and how much better they are than the Blazers I think that. Seeding plays into all of this, man. Like, you want the best matchup possible because of that. And I don't know if the the players would ever come out and, and say it directly, like, we're playing for Terry's job or we're playing for, you know, our coaching staff's job right now. But so much of this will be determined by what that seed is and the opponent that they face. Because if it is the Lakers, well, oh, another first-round exit. For the Portland Trailblazers, Damian Lillard's prime, another quick out here in Rip City. Like, it's unacceptable.
0: Yeah, they've got to show progress in the postseason. They've got – that's the biggest factor, to answer your question, Max, is success Mm -hmm. in the postseason is going to be the biggest, when we look back on it, judging factor of how – whether this trade was a good trade or not. Kind of like the Aaron Aflalo trade. Uh, When the Blazers made that one, that was for a team that they thought could do some damage in the postseason. They lose in what they lose in five to Memphis that year in the first round. And it was viewed as complete disappointment. And Will Barton becomes the player he's become and is viewed as complete disappointment. So something like that happens again, the Norman Powell that trade's not going to be viewed favorably.
3: Well, part of that too, was Wesley Matthews uh, got hurt hurt and yeah, But when you talk about postseason success, that's one of the differences for me between Gordon and Powell. Powell has got that postseason success on his resume. Gordon does not. You know, Gordon. When I look at more differences, I mean Powell, hyper efficient this year. He's been lighting it up on offense. We don't know about the defense, as Jared said. When I look at Gordon, I see an inefficient offensive player. Now Nate you pointed out that he's much better defensively, and that's what the Blazers need. So. We just don't know. I mean, time will tell with this Powell acquisition. Um, It's going to be really interesting. I think it's going to be fun to watch. And I think that Powell will continue to be the efficient player that he has been in Toronto this year. He's going to get less usage, less shots. um, But it's going to be a fun ride to the finish.
2: I like that. And I think that's the best way to put it, too, is that it it sucks because it's such an unfair position to put Powell in. You know, because genuinely we're like yeah he's a good player like he's gonna yeah. do good things for this team like you should be excited but it's all the other baggage that has come along with this the the history the the build-up to this point so I mean all in all like you should be happy about about him a, a, as a player and what he's going to bring to this team now let's see how far it can take them because yeah you guys postseason success is what it's all about and and should be at this point for this team Like nice seasons like that that's all great like have a great season the the, the ride is fun for us we get to talk about it Dane has had these just epic moments all year long it's been a really good time it's been a lot of fun but when it comes down to it we got to see them win some playoff games and they've got to win some series so guys let's let's keep it moving here because we still got a lot to get to and in an extended edition of this podcast <laughs> the, so question number two yeah i know there were all kinds of questions built into that first one it was loaded <laughs> Question number two is that the Blazers went two and two over the past week, beating the Pelicans. They split with the Mavs and they lost to the Nets. What stood out to you guys?
0: The defense again. Yep. Ouch. Uh, they're they're still after the All Star break. They still rank dead last in the NBA uh, in defensive rating. They're at giving up a 121 points uh, per 100 possessions. Uh, they've played good offensive teams. I that could be part of it. Since the All Star break, the Mavericks are first. The Nets, 8th, Pelicans, Knights, Suns, 10th in offensive rating. And they're all top 10 offensive teams season-wide, season-long. And that's been six of their eight opponents so far in the second half. So some of it, I'm sure those teams also are ranking high in part in the second half because they've been playing the Blazers, uh, especially in the case of the Mavericks getting to play them twice. The other thing that I think was big, and Orlando, you called it a nightmare week earlier in this podcast. And I would... I would uh, veer a little bit from that because the end wasn't great. Yeah. Uh, but they did split with Dallas, which was a big deal because they got that tiebreaker over Dallas. And as I talked about earlier, the Blazers against other teams in the West, they're 0-1 against the Jazz, 0-2 against the Suns, 0-1 against the Clippers, 1-1 against the Lakers, 0-1 against the, against the Nuggets, and if you think the Spurs are going to still hang around, they're 0-1 against the Spurs, and they're 2-1 against the Warriors. So the teams currently above them in the West, it doesn't look like they're going to be favorable in in terms of winning tiebreakers over those teams. So you have to have the tiebreakers of the teams below you that are maybe coming to get you. And that the Mavericks are certainly one of those teams. And the Blazers at least own that tiebreaker to give themselves a little bit more of a cushion In terms of potentially, I mean, that could be the difference between being in the play in tournament and not being in the play in tournament because they could be competing for that sixth seed. So I think that was a really big deal that they got that first win against Dallas and it was an impressive win the way they did it coming back in the fourth quarter. Um, Those were kind of my two big takeaways. Yeah,
1: looking at what I have here, what I wrote down, I've uh, pretty much covered all of it already in our conversation up to this point. I mean, I talked a lot about uh, seeing that small ball lineup, that that was you know a positive thing that we've seen even in the midst of the losses. Um, and then I also wrote down a lot about the defense. And, you know, it's just been really bad since the All-Star break and really bad all season. Um, but I think I'm just going to keep this brief. I think the season starts now because now Yusuf Nurkic is coming back. So everything that's happened up to this point, the Blazers have stayed far ahead of where we thought they were going to be with all of the injuries. So they're in a good position right now. They're in sixth place right now, a half game behind the Nuggets, and they get the upgrade of Norman Powell. The Nuggets get the upgrade of Aaron Gordon, but the Blazers get Yusuf Nurkic back. The Nuggets, uh, the Blazers do. The Nuggets aren't adding anything like that to their roster, and so I think that the season starts now. And the Blazers haven't been good against winning teams this season. We know that. They haven't been good against the top teams in the West. But now they're fully healthy. And so now we can see as this team acclimates, as they get together and kind of, you know, put it, figure it out now that everyone's back and healthy, we can see how this team actually stacks up to those teams that they're competing for, for home court advantage in the West, because that's not outside the realm of possibility still. They're just, I mean, how many games back are they? right now that so they are two and a half games behind the Lakers for fourth in the West so they can still get home court so all that matters to me right now is that Yusuf Nurkic is back and we're going to see what this team really is you know rather than this makeshift lineup they've had to put together all season long and so that's what that's my takeaway right now
2: yeah I, I I agree with that they've exceeded expectations with everything that they've had to overcome and they've put themselves in a decent position to still accomplish the goals that they want so I I think that's all you can ask for with this team and we're gonna find out real quick just uh just what this all means for this team so yeah that's my big takeaway but man getting getting embarrassed like that at the Moda Center losing by 40 like <laughs> I, I I know it's I know it's great big picture you know for for them to to win that series and and have that because Nate's right it it could come up just based on how, how tight this west the west is, and you know you want to stay out of that play in game. You don't want to have you want to give yourself the best opportunity possible um, to advance in the playoffs. But then to come back and lose to the Nets like that, just come on! Like where, where's the urgency, guys?
0: See the re- the reason I didn't take the Nets loss too harshly was because the Blazers' two best players, Dame and CJ, were ice cold. Yeah. If they if either of them shot the ball average not even had a great game just offensively were fine the blazers would have won that game because the role players did play well anis cantor played well robert covington he missed the three at the end but he played well uh it was just dame and cj uh really struggled to shoot that game and they were still in it until the end so if your two best players who you rely on to typically win you those games uh shoot the way we've seen them throughout the year at the end of that game then they then they win that game. That was the only reason I didn't take that one uh, too with too much uh, feeling too bad about it because yeah. and the, and yeah, the Nets they didn't have Kyrie uh, they didn't have Durant they haven't had Durant forever and it doesn't matter. they should keep winning uh, but they they that's that that's kind of my face. They just keep winning regardless. and James Harden uh continued to own the blazers this year. I think they've had to play him three times now. Uh, because then they have to play the Rockets twice when he was with them, yep. and now they and then they're gonna have to play him another time when they play the Nets again later this year. So th- they're gonna have to face James Harden a lot this year.
2: Oh, when Harden looks at the schedule and sees the Blazers on it, <laughs> I know he's just smiling like, oh, I'm gonna. What do I want to do today? How do he, he, I want to? Like he, I, I'm like if I were in his shoes, I'd be like, man, what should I do today? All right, 17 assists, let's do it. Let's let's go for a career <laughs> high day. Like come he on. and
0: Luke, he and Luca oh
2: yeah yeah no <laughs> kidding yeah good point and see, you got him and you got him on back-to-back games see, which is why uh, it felt so bad but it wasn't that bad they still oh, went dude. two and two. Oh, it's it was bad dude it was bad
1: <laughs> oh that nets i mean that nets team even without you know irving and durant they, they, that, that team has talent up and down at roster i mean that's a really really good team and so i didn't really care as much about that loss like nate and the blowout against the Mavericks is weird. I mean, but you've seen a lot of those, not just from the Blazers this season, but across the NBA, just really odd 30, 40 point blowouts, uh, even good teams. It happens to them. And so, you know, I think that if the Blazers can get back on track now, then we won't worry as much about these two games, you know, a week from now.
2: Yeah, that's a good point. And uh, having the NCAA tournament bailed them out of me carrying that that much. <laughs> I was able to change the channel <laughs> and not yes, have to uh... deal with that. So that's oh, always good, man. but like, come on, like that, that was just bad. That was just really bad. All right, guys. So let's, um, actually, did you guys want to touch on LaMarcus Aldridge at all? Um, obviously the the buyout is there. My phone is blowing up with Shams and, and Woj alerts here with LaMarcus and the buyout um, with the Spurs. So he's going to be a free agent and it looks like he's going to be favored to go to the Miami heat. So this is Portland's last attempt to try and get LaMarcus if they actually want him And if LaMarcus actually wants to come to Portland,
0: I, I, I just say, take him Miami and that's my, my two cents on it. Go ahead and take them Miami. <laughs>
1: I, I think he's going to the heat. I think that they have a better, you know, they can offer him more playing time, a better role probably than the blazers can. So I still think if LaMarcus came here, it would be fine. And I think that he could help the team, but I'm not going to be upset if the Blazers don't get him in the buyout market, but the Blazers do have two open roster spots now. So they'll have to fill at least one of those. So they probably will be active in the buyout market in some way. And so it'll be interesting to see what players they do sign player or players.
2: Perfect. Cool. I I felt remiss if we, if we didn't at least say the name LaMarcus Aldridge, (laughs) because I know a lot of Blazers fans out there are are wondering about that. um, But I think by the time most listen to this podcast, uh, he may have already packed his bags and gone to Miami. Yeah. So, <laughs> true. so let's move on to number three. And that is prediction time. The Blazers play four games all on the road before we meet again tonight against the Miami Heat, Friday against the Orlando Magic, Sunday against the Raptors, and Wednesday against the Detroit Pistons. Which games do the Blazers win? Which games do the Blazers lose? Nate, would you like to set the table?
0: sure uh max uh
1: really quick said there before we do our predictions he said there's some heat injury news we should know about
3: yeah in case you guys haven't seen um no jimmy butler for the heat tonight is he now out i know that he was questionable he has been ruled out okay. as has uh, goran dragic ah interesting
0: okay. and the blazers of course are without gary trent jr uh tonight and no norman powell norman powell's not playing uh yep. tonight that would be that'd be something just fly him down to, to Miami <laughs> and throw on a jersey and call it good. Uh, but so far this uh, last week, actually, we had we all did pretty well last week. Orlando, me, four and oh, we we said went over the Pelicans, split against the Maps, beat the Nets. Jared, three and one. You only missed out on the Pelicans. You had no faith, Jared. I had no faith. They're going to come through and sweep Zion and the Pelicans.
1: They did it. But when I'm wrong on that side of the ledger, it's always a win for me anyway. <laughs> you
0: know. There you go. There you go. Uh, the season records this year, Orlando, you're still at the top, 28 and 11. Jerry, 26 and 13. And I'm still really pulling up the rear, despite 4-0 last week at 23 and 16. Still so oh, not year. that bad. Well, it, it was when it was 19 and 16 a week ago. <laughs> uh, and so this week, um, they go 4-0. and uh, they beat the Heat. They beat the Magic. Who Who knows who will be playing for the Magic tomorrow? Do they
2: have players no. right now?
0: Yeah, I don't know who's who's <laughs> even available for them to play. Uh, they Norman Powell revenge game over Gary Trent Jr. Re- revenge game in Toronto. <laughs> when it what was that Sunday, I think, and then uh, and then <laughs> they beat Detroit. I think these are all games, especially with Jimmy Butler and Goran Dragic being out for Miami. These are all games. The Blazers can, and I think should win. To be honest, Miami's really struggled recently. Over the last four, they've lost, and so I'm yeah. Blazers go four and zero. They take care of business, and and we get this thing moving, moving forward.
1: Yeah. So with the Heat, no Jimmy Butler, no Goran Dragic, and no Avery Bradley or Kelly Olynyk who went in the trade today. Um, that's a depleted team. So I'm going to give the Blazers a win there, and then tomorrow. Nurk is back. That's a win Yep. against the Raptors. Nurk is back. That's a win against the Pistons. Is Nurk back? Yes, he is. That's another win. So I'm going four and oh as well. Oh man, this is
0: going to be Jared. <laughs> I'm back thing. to like
1: early season, Jared. Yeah,
0: I love <laughs> he's not going to pick the Blazers to lose for like a month now because Nurk is back. <laughs>
2: I missed that, Jared. <laughs>
0: <laughs> a week ago, he's picking him to lose to the Pelicans. Now they're beating everyone.
1: I mean, Nate's right. I think that these are all four games that the Blazers should win. The Magic aren't going to have anyone tomorrow. Um, Powell versus Trent Jr., I hope we get that on Sunday. That will be fun. But because Nurk is back, I'm picking the Blazers to win that game. Um, and the Pistons are just a terrible basketball team right now. So,
2: Like, you guys are so right with this. <laughs> but I know this team. They're going to lose one of those games. I just don't know which one. That's my problem right now. Well, pick Uh, one, buddy.
1: There's not a winning team on that ledger right there. None of those teams have a winning record.
2: Which is so true. But every time we say the Blazers should win a game, they stumble somewhere.
3: They lost to the Timberwolves. Yep.
2: Very good point. Back Uh, to back. So so my problem is I'm playing against the odds here because I could end up costing myself two two. two spots in our standings basically by picking wrong here and you guys getting it right. But, uh, for the sake of, of it, I'm, I'm throwing, throwing the dart at the dartboard and I'm going to say it's further down the list. It's, it's, uh, later in the week, I'll say they lose to the terrible Pistons. Yeah. Oh, well, they oh win.
0: The Pistons. I thought I you, you were going go to go with the Raptors. Oh, yeah, loss. I did too, I, yeah. thought,
2: I thought about the Raptors, but uh, I'm, I'm going to mix it up and I'm going to say the Pistons. Just, it's gonna it's got to be random it's got to be you're, one not,
0: you're not riding with your boy then huh here's
2: a chance <laughs> to revise your pick it's your opportunity <laughs>
1: you really made a pick there
2: <laughs> <laughs> no man i'll stick with it let's let's do pistons but you, you do make a great point you <laughs> the the revenge game baby i'll be tuned in <laughs> all right good stuff gentlemen but uh It's time for the one and only Max Barr.
3: Guys, it is great to be back with another week of Rippin'. So last week, Nate returned. And he got the win with three out of five. Jared, meanwhile, shared that his buddy texted him last week and predicted Jared would get his first rip it win today.
0: Whoa. Whoa, this could be Here a really we go, big baby. day. It could be trade deadline day, Nurk is coming back day, and and Jared gets first rip it win in a day. I, I don't know if we could take anything more.
2: That's three to the dome right there, baby. Yeah,
3: Could be just a roller coaster of emotions for Jared today. I am humble and I am hopeful
2: that that's, <laughs> go. Let's neither, go. Of those,
0: neither of those are true. Oh, <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, I am hopeful. Okay. I have to be. I haven't won all season. He is an eternal. <laughs> well, I do have. <laughs> all
0: right,
3: guys, let's find out what happened with your picks last week. And we are starting with Blazers versus Pelicans. The question was, who will make the most three-pointers? Gary Trent Jr., C.J. McCollum, or Lonzo Ball? Orlando went with his guy, Gary. Nate, you said Gary Trent Jr. as well. Jared, you picked C.J. Gary Trent Jr., 0 for 6 from 3. C.J. McCollum, 3 for 6. Lonzo Ball, 3 for 11. Oh. Uh. <laughs> so two players tied, but Jared, you did pick one of them. So you do get a point for that for oh. the Ripon rules committee. I didn't know that run into this before you get that one, right? All right. I like it. So Jared's on the board. Good start. Moving, Jared. To, moving to Blazers versus Mavericks. The first matchup question was who will score more points? Damian Lillard or Luka Doncic? Orlando, you said Luka, you said I'm going to risk it all. You strayed away from Dame. Jared, you said Luca as well. Nate, you initially said Luca, and I reminded you about your rule <laughs> of always picking Dame Lillard, and you changed to Lillard. You, you, you shamed me into a loss, I think. Yeah, you were hopeful I was going to shame you into a win. It worked the other way around. Doncic, 38 <laughs> points. Lillard, 31. But Jared and Orlando get that one.
2: Uh, well I done. To, I, I hated to go against the rule, man. I hated it. Sometimes you
3: got to risk it all.
2: Yep, yep. All right,
3: second matchup between the Blazers and Mavs.
2: Shay, you got to risk it all. Ol
3: Shea. <laughs> oh, it's been the theme of this podcast.
2: Full circle.
3: The question for this game was: Which team will have more turnovers? Jared and Nate said Dallas. Orlando, you said the Blazers just to be different. Seven turnovers for the Blazers. 11 for the Mavericks. So Jared oh, and Nate get that one. Oh,
0: Jared, this may be your time, man. You are uh, you're three for three so far.
2: This may be it. He, he hit you with the uh, silent emoji. Yeah, I, I, Jared, do you have
0: anything to say right now at this point? Yeah, no? he, He's shaking his
2: head no. <laughs> the, the, the mid-game interview. The, he gave us the Popovich. Yeah.
3: <laughs> he is humble and hopeful. All right, Blazers Nets, the question, who will finish with more assists, James Harden or the combination of Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum? Nate and Orlando said James Harden. Nate, you said we have a rule for this. When you attach someone to Lillard, it's okay to not pick Lillard. Correct. Which makes no sense at all. (laughs) Jared, you went with the combo of Lillard and McCollum. Harden, as you guys said earlier, 17 assists. Damian Lillard had nine. CJ, just four. Not enough. So Nate and Orlando get that one.
0: The rule is still batting 1,000 right now. We're 2-0 and 0 on that
3: rule right now. We That's are. a good rule. We're 2-2. Yeah. Jared, two. Jared
0: this, is, this is getting really dicey now going to the last one. Orlando Ooh. and I may be able to catch you on this here.
3: Well, this was a fun wild card question. How many nets will score in double figures <laughs> against the Blazers? That's
2: right. That's right, Jared. Yes. <laughs> Jared. Orlando,
3: oh. you said five nets. <laughs> Nate, you one-upped him with six. And Jared, you risked it all and said seven nets would score in double figures.
0: <laughs> oh, seven, Jared.
3: So we had James Harden. With 25 points. Jeff Green with 20. Joe Harris with 17 points. Nick Claxton coming up big with 16 points. Timothy Luabu Cabrera with 11 points. And that's it. (laughs) Five Nets at double figures. By the way, three other Nets had eight points each. Which means, Orlando, you nailed the wild card question and you tied with Jared for the week, three <laughs> out of five oh,
2: each. Oh, Jared, oh, you I were had so. It there. I feel Started so bad. out three and zero. Oh. I feel so bad.
0: <laughs> I, I'm Man. so happy. I, like, I may be happier right
2: now than I was winning last
1: week. This is amazing. So, I've Jared, tied two weeks in a row now.
2: Now, how cool are you with that Nets game?
1: <laughs> <laughs> i was so close man just two more of those guys just hit a bucket
2: oh could you,
0: could I'm you imagine if they had had eight guys get double figures in that game <laughs> that would have been insane see so i was close. hopeful it was
1: gonna be four because what it it was five six and seven those were our picks yeah yeah so if it had just been four players and double figures then i, I still would have got the win i think but
2: oh yeah you would have oh yeah. see oh. rip it is such a cruel game dude
1: I don't think I'm going to be able to snatch victory from the jaws of defeat all season long.
0: <laughs> well, well, you've made it through the trade deadline. <laughs> yeah. All right. Stay hopeful, Jared. Stay hopeful. That was good. That was entertaining. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't sound too hopeful right now, Max.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm not hopeful anymore. You, I really thought this was my week.
2: I did too. So
3: did your buddy.
1: I know. That, <laughs> yeah, I thought that he was going to be right. All right. Let's do this. Let's.
3: Let's ride that roller coaster let's, let's again. again. You guys ready to You yeah. guys ready to rip it?
0: Jared, Jared just wants to get
3: this over
2: with. <laughs> Oh, <laughs>
3: I don't even to know what I, to do the visual to side the of this. Now. Is,
2: the visual side is so good.
3: <laughs> yeah, the listeners are really missing out here. If there's anyone still with us, I mean, yeah,
2: <laughs> it's a monster pod.
3: All right, guys, let's get to this week's game right now: Blazers at Heat. Who will score the most points in this game? Derek Jones Jr., Nasir Little, or former Blazer Trevor Ariza?
0: Give me uh, Nasir Little and his now his role with Rodney Hood out of town. It is now Nasir Little's role. Give me him.
2: I agree with Nate
3: yeah make it a clean sweep. okay. Wow. yeah he's looking he should be looking at big minutes in this game. Yep. All right, Blazers at magic. Now I could just go through and name some magic players that <laughs> but we're not doing that. Nurk is back <laughs> over or under there you go. 13 points for Nurkic in his return to the lineup. I'm gonna go under.
2: Oh, what? What, Jared? <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm glad Run, you, you went know first.
1: Where, you know where Nurk impacts the game, Nate.
0: Oh, my gosh. But he's back, Jared. He's back. He's back. But I also know what he is. Be- because I gave Jared a hard time for saying under, I'm going to say over.
3: <laughs> and I'm guessing, Orlando, you are too?
2: I'm, I'm going to join Jared on this one. Oh, go oh under, baby. Okay. Let's go. Let's go.
3: All right, I'm, I'm going to take that as, as it was a good line for this who's question. Even, who's even playing center for the Magic? Oh, is man. Birch yeah. still there? Yeah, I don't think he got He's paid. there. It, I mean, Mo Bamba? Is Mo Bamba going to start? Uh, yeah. Oh, my I mean, god. They just, they just traded for Wendell Carter Jr. from the Bulls, but he's not going to be there in time. No, Nurk's definitely going for whatever
0: the number was. If he's playing Mo Bamba.
2: <laughs>
0: minutes restriction, my friend.
2: Nope,
0: he's no. playing Mo nope. Bamba. It don't matter. He can play <laughs> 10 minutes. You're going to score 20 points in 10 minutes.
3: <laughs> All right. Blazers at Raptors in Tampa. Who will make the most three-pointers in this game? Robert Covington, Gary Trent Jr., or Norman Powell?
2: Oh, this is oh. juicy.
3: Was this your question
0: uh, prior to the trade, or was this? Uh, no, it, a- this was, this was uh, post-trade. Okay, question. I will say if this was your question prior to the trade, that would have been amazing. <laughs> as I have to say, this rip-it is so topical. We had
1: the nerd question with the Magic game. This question, this is good. I want to know where Orlando is going to go. Is is Gary Trent Jr. still still his boy?
2: As as my farewell to Rip City, I'll take Gary <laughs> Trent Jr.
0: Well, I, I have a rule about Robert Covington that's worked out for me for the most part over the last month, which is I pick Robert Covington. So I, I am picking Robert Covington. Yep, yep. It's not a complicated rule. No, <laughs> I mean,
1: I talked Norman Powell up so much in this podcast against the sharp barbs thrown at me by Nate that I think <laughs> I have to pick Norman Powell.
2: Let's go. Oh man, this is,
1: gonna,
0: this is going to, this is going to be so juicy now. Yep, <laughs> yep. I can't wait for rip it next week. We Jared's. Jared's going against his boy, Nurk, but supporting his boy, Norman Powell. This is great.
2: Last week's uh, wild card was so epic because we all picked – I had a feeling because we all picked differently. I love when it comes down to these questions. Yep. That's where we're headed.
3: You got to mix it up. All right, Blazers at Pistons. Who will score more points, C.J. McCollum or Jeremy Grant?
2: Well, I'm I'm going Grant because, well, my pick earlier. (laughs) (laughs) That's
3: That's right. You're doubling down on the Pistons. I love it.
0: (laughs) Someone's got to score for the Pistons. (laughs) Uh, uh, Give me CJ.
1: Yeah, CJ got me a win last time, so I'll I'll go with him again.
3: All right, the wild card question of the week is, which team will the Blazers score the most points against? Heat, Magic, Raptors, or Pistons? Because we don't know who's playing for
0: the Magic, I am going to pick the Magic. Uh, I will go with the Pistons.
2: (laughs) I'm going to say Magic as well.
3: There you go. All right. (laughs) Wraps up another fun week of Rip It, and we will find out how you did
2: next week guys this was a a fun entertaining podcast probably one of the probably the longest all time it's up there for sure in terms of uh the podcasts that we've done so for our listeners that that made it this far please tweet at us tweet your i I just want to see who you are i want to know who who's like super loyal i will shout you out on the next podcast or something i don't know but uh, I, I just want to know who's, who's riding with us at, at this point in the podcast and, and say thank you to everyone who subscribes to the podcast, who has been listening for the past few years. Um, we love doing this thing. Hopefully you enjoy it as well.
0: Can I, can I jump in here for the loyal listeners who have stayed this long?
2: Do it, man.
0: So, so I have a little bit of an announcement. I Here want we to go. Out there. Here uh, we go. So, if you've stayed, if you've stayed this long, you're a true loyal listener, and you'll probably be thrilled with this upcoming announcement. Uh, this, uh, we've been doing this podcast for. We've all worked at KGW together during the entirety that we've done this podcast, uh, which is a really good run in the news industry. But uh, my last day at KGW will not will be on april 2nd which means i will only be doing one more podcast with you gentlemen and that will be next week which will be a fun one it will be a fun one but i just wanted to uh give the loyal listeners who stuck around an hour and a half in or however far we are into this thing uh a little heads up that next week will be in my last podcast uh with you guys on this the podcast will continue without me i'll be an avid listener at that point but next week's my last one
1: well we are definitely going to miss you i think that you've been a huge part of this podcast um i enjoy our back and forth you know sometimes it might seem like we're enemies but we are definitely not we're definitely good friends and i i really enjoy your basketball knowledge i think you're super funny i think that you bring a lot of fun to the podcast and it's it's just not going to be the same without you so Um, I'm really excited for what comes next for you in your life and your career, but man, am I bummed that you're
3: leaving the podcast. So I'll just leave it at that. We said, I I look at Nate as the, as the wrestling heel of this podcast, (laughs) um, really knowledgeable, really funny, and uh, a big reason why we've had the success that we've had. So we're definitely going to miss you. Hopefully you can come back on as like a, as a guest appearance at some point, um, but it's been a great run. The podcast will continue, um, but we're really going to miss you, man.
2: Yep. That's well, what's
3: up. Let's save the waterworks till next week, gentlemen. <laughs> you get you know, Now you got to top what you
0: said right there. You got to top it next week now.
2: We'll have a, a Nata Palooza next week for sure, man. So, yeah, like like all of these guys have said, we appreciate you. We love you. So happy to see you making moves, man. Um, really happy for you. This, this podcast doesn't happen without you, man. So it's all, all, you can say is, is, you know, you've you're leaving it in, in a better place than you found it. Cause this thing didn't exist before you. So a lot of, a lot of pride. It's been fun rocking with you, but we got one more to do. So let's, let's make that one a good one. So Nate, take us on out, man.
0: Well, thank you to everyone who's listened to this far. As Orlando said, hit us up on Twitter. We'd love to know who's listening. Uh, continue to subscribe, rate, review, tell your friends, And we'll be back next week with the first glimpse of the real full lineup Blazers. We'll see you next week.